no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Bay Centuries. On today's show, we recap the Bears' 24-17 loss to the Saints and much, much more. What's good, Perez? Hey, Dub, man, I can't call it. Just getting back into town here. You know how we do. Audience, <laughs> we are never going to skip you guys on these shows. I don't give a fuck where A-Dub's at, where I'm at. I told A-Dub, I said, I don't care how late I, I travel back to Chicago, we're going to get the audience a show this week. So, you know what I'm saying? Y'all welcome for that. Yes, sir. And welcome back, man. Glad to have you back on the land. Yeah, man. You know how we do, man. As soon as we get done with this show, I'm taking my black ass to bed. I'm tired out here in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, man. I mean, I'm going to cut to the chase, man. This this Bears team, no surprise here that they lost, right? You and I both predicted that they would lose this game. I mean, audience, I talked to you guys at nauseam about key players on that Saints team. And I said, if these guys click, we're going to be in trouble. And what happened in that game? Taysom Hill and those gadget plays, bro, we didn't have an answer for it. And the sad thing is that we knew it was coming, right? That's kind of how the, the Saints team run their offense. They use Hill in so many different areas, bro. When he's on the field, you know they're giving him the football. This is the craziest thing. It's like playground football. You know what's coming, and teams still can't stop it. It's insane. It is insane, man, because you knew when he's under center, you know what's going to happen. You see him as a wide out, you know what's going to happen. And the thing is, you know they're going to target him. So that's just obvious. And um, he got, had some good things going on and made us pay. No, he sure did. Now, I'm just going to say this. So when you look at this game, the Bears continue – to have missed opportunities out there on the field, bro. Lack of discipline. You look at a lot of those penalties that happen out there in this game, and all I'm looking at here is these were the things that last year we didn't see a lot of. This season, we're taking some steps back in the way of execution. We're just not getting it done right now, A-Dub. And it's a lot of blame to go around. And you talk a lot about discipline. That is a key factor in all of this. If you don't have a team that can go out there and not cause penalties, I mean, you're putting yourself in a tough spot. And when you see the Bears have these type of penalties, Perez, these penalties pretty much impact the game. It makes it even tougher for your offense to move, move the ball. And this is the thing that we've talked about so much this season with this ball club. They have the necessary pieces to compete in this league. But they don't have, but like I said a second ago, A-Dub, they don't have that required execution to win games. So sometimes, like, these games are within reach, and we find ways to lose them. And I'm just sick and tired of playing this waiting game because we're just sitting here just wondering, man, what's going on with this team? Now, Tyson Bajent, our backup quarterback, he's going out there. He's giving it a valiant effort. But I hope for once and for all, people can just stop the division out there on Bears Twitter. 
I mean, come on, man. Like, you guys are putting Tyson in a bad spot by almost kind of openly cheering for him not to succeed at the expense of Justin Fields. That's not – we're supposed to be a team. We're supposed to be rooted for our players. I'm not rooted for Tyson to suck. All I've said here, and the same thing for A-Dub, is we know that Justin Fields is our quarterback, and when he's 100% healthy, we want him out there. But guess what? If he's not healthy, we're going to put our full support behind Tyson. And that's what we've been doing. Supporting Tyson Bajet. I want to see the rookie do well. I understand, you know, he wasn't expected to be a starter this season. He was expecting that Justin Fields hold everything down. But unfortunately, Justin Fields got hurt. And now that Tyson Bajet gets an opportunity to be the starting quarterback, it's good for us to rally behind him, man. And I think all fans should want to do that as well. Because whoever's playing quarterback, it helps the Bears if they do well at the end of the day. So whether it's Tyson Bajin or Justin Fields, it's all about getting a W. And if those guys can be effective and contribute to that, that's what we want at the end of the day. That's it. But when we continue to watch these games, we're just seeing the same stuff, right? Well, we'll see a little bit of good, right? So we'll see some positives, some things that we like. But then we see a lot of bad. <laughs> and that's what we saw today, bro. And it's just for me, I would just love to see this team put it all together. Five turnovers. Come on, man. We talked about in the preview show, we need to play clean football. You turn the ball over five times, you're not beating anybody. And you're definitely spot on when you talk about it because that is what impacts everything. You talk about putting another team in good for field positioning. You're talking about momentum. Those kind of things that shift things for you out of your favor when you have those type of turnovers. So you're right. That many definitely hurt the Bears. And honestly, bro, honestly, bro, I thought with the acquisition of Montez Sweat, the news that he was extended. I mean, my man got broken off, bro. $98 million <laughs> extension. They said that thing's going to be well over 100 mil when it's all said and done with the guarantees and the bonuses. And I'm saying, hey, that's going to get his defense some juice going up against New Orleans. Hey, we got a little oof coming in here, man. We got a guy that's going to be able to get after the quarterback's ass. <laughs> However, A-Dub, while I saw that Montez Sweat was out there making some plays happen, we still see the same Bears defense, the breakdowns in the secondary, A-Dub, the poor tackling. And I'm like, man, one guy's not going to be able to fix that. And that's the truth right there. One guy can't do it alone. It's going to take the team collectively to be able to do that. And that means the players in the trenches doing their job and then the secondary doing their job as well, Perez. If any one of those break down, you're in trouble. And we found ourselves in that situation at times in this game against the Saints. And as you said, we just couldn't put it all together. Now back to the Montez Sweat extension. A lot of people were giving Ryan Poles a hard time because we found out that there wasn't a framework of a deal in place before he made the trade. But he was adamant that they weren't getting a deal done. I know Montez Sweat was out there talking about he was going to do his due diligence. Man, he was talking that shit until they offered him that hundred million, and my man was like, "Where do I sign?" Shit, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like Montez Sweat, bro. You throw me a bag like that, hey? Let me go in and jot my name down on there right now, so you all <laughs> change your mind <laughs> real quick. Nothing <laughs> discussed, man. Taking that hundred million right now, I could deal with it. Whatever's going on behind the scenes in his organization, I can handle it, man. Just show me the bread. What was your first impression of Montez? 
I still think the best is yet to come. I thought it was a good start for him. You know, I mean, he didn't get the statistics that we were expecting, of course, but he did show some good signs when he was able to get to the quarterback. Didn't get any sacks, though, but he was able to try to make an impact that way. And we did see some flashes, right? So it lets me know that there's more to Montez Sweat down the road than what we see, especially on a short notice for it. Just getting to the team, only have minimal practices, really trying to deal with this team. It's just that, you know what? You can't expect a whole lot of him, a whole lot out of him in his first game. Another thing for me, what I, what I liked was the fact that even though he didn't actually get on the board statistically, I feel like he was making his presence known, man. He was giving Pete from the Saints a hard time out there on that yep. one play where you saw when he got his hands on that on the ball where Carr tried to get it out there. So you saw that he was making his presence felt out there. And my whole thing is that was just game one. So to your point, yeah, the best is probably yet to kill him. But I look at Ngakwe and I'm like, bro, you continue to be out here missing, bro. <laughs> Ngakwe has been a no-show prayers for weeks. And you've called him out already, bro, um, a couple of weeks ago. And you've been saying that, hey, he has to show up and he hasn't. I just hope that Ngakwe can take on the challenge of trying to match what Sweat could possibly bring. Well, Montez Sweat is going to continue to get the attention of these opposing teams. He's going to probably start to, to draw double teams. Yep. Which, honestly, it makes it easier for the other guys on that D-line. So my thing is, ain't no excuse. You got a guy that's getting ready to start getting the attention. Teams are going to start game planning for him. Hey, it's a good problem to have for this Bears defense. And when you hope that it does bring the best out of the other players. And I think Montez Sweat is that type of dude that can be that impactful press to where he could wreak havoc and cause problems that will allow others to be effective. So I'm looking at, you can say, you know, an Iguacue to be more effective, to be more served now, because now the pressure is off him. All he has to do is go out there and play his game and hopefully be effective. Now, Adam, I want to switch gears here. I want to kind of get into the game a little bit. So on Friday, we got word that Justin practiced in a limited fashion. And it was almost like the Bears were kind of teasing last minute that Justin may start, right? But it, it, it didn't end up being that way. But it looks like Justin's probably gearing up to start the next game against the Panthers. But question for you, man, when you kind of saw some of the inactors, right? We saw that Braxton Jones was getting activated off the injured reserve list. We saw he went into the game today. A little bit of a, a musical chairs there at left tackle. I definitely want to get your thoughts on that as well. But we saw that three key starters, A-Dub, were ruled out in this game. Jaquan Brisker, Tremaine Edmonds, and also Nate Davis, which obviously Nate Davis has been MIA for some weeks now, so I'm not going to touch that one. But Tremaine Edmonds, Jaquan Brisker, A-Dub, thoughts there? It was tough not having them. I think it was more losing Edmonds wasn't as bad as losing Brisker because I think Sanborn did a good job yes, playing he the middle did. linebacker. Yes, so from that standpoint, we good there. But in the secondary that you brought up a little bit earlier, Perez, we had some problems there. And missing Brisker was huge because we know what that kid capable of doing, man. He hits very hard. He shoots the gaps. He does have a good attention to detail. He's a guy that's that, that's around the ball. So not having him, you know, definitely hurt the secondary because we could have used him. Braxton Jones, your guy. Mr. Good. <laughs> so he returned. Yeah. And I, and I kind of feel like, you know, he looked like a guy that's been out for a little bit. You even see the guy pick up a penalty as well. But with that, it's going to take a little time for Braxton Jones. When you miss as much time as he has 
And then you know how our O-line is. They got to gel together, really. He has been out of the mix for quite a while. Got to get his stamina back. Got to get his rhythm back as well. And you can see some of that rust in him early on. Yeah, just like I said, man, he, that just wasn't his best performance. And I think last season we talked, you know, a lot about how he was durable, how he was consistent, and, and things of that nature. We kind of kept seeing how he was rotated in there with Larry Bourne. Now, the one thing I will give Braxton credit for is he has improved as a blocker. But the thing that w about him that I just think he needs to clean up and he needs to clean up ASAP is with his penalties. Yes. <laughs> Ball starts early in the game, and I'm sorry, too many of those. Think about early in the year when I was talking about all those false start penalties that he had. He's only been in three games, and he's already got four penalties on the year. That's just unacceptable. And I hope he can figure it out, Press, because he didn't have this many penalties last season. So the Bears dropped the two and seven today. Now, <laughs> despite some early excitement, as I mentioned earlier, there was some good, right? So I don't want to just be on the show doom and gloom. But again, this season, and especially with this team, has been they'll give you a little bit of good. It'll give you a little bit of hope, and then they'll just take it back away from you. Because I thought there were some drives, hey, Doug, where the drives were good. It was positive. But then the errors will creep in, and then you're like, fuck, all right, well, here we go again. <laughs> I mean, you think about a DJ Moore. You won't think uh... a guy like him will fun with a football, Perez. So these are uncharacteristic things that you won't see often. We may not see a DJ Moore fumble for a while now, bro. But the thing is, it happens to a guy like him. And then you look at our boy Cairo Santos, right, who's been lights out. He misses a field goal today. So it's like these are two things that you don't see happen often occur. And from that standpoint, you're like, man, we're just having a bad day right now because this is uncharacteristic. And, uh, man, speaking of Santos, man, when I heard that ball hit that upright, it just brought <laughs> back PTSD, man, from a, a, a bad memory that I'm not even bringing back on this show. Mm. But, Cairo, man, like, listen, we're we going to give you grace, man, because that's the first field goal you miss. But, man, stay away from them goddamn uprights, bro. Stay away <laughs> from them. That shit, Bears fans, we can't handle that shit, bro. I swear, man, we cannot, man. Santos, guess what? It wasn't Dub who jinxed you this time. I had my mouth closed. So, Perez, <laughs> you, you can't come at me for this one, bro. No. I've been cool, man. No, you you clean. You clean on that one. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> There's no blood on your hands, A-Dub. You are good. That's all I care about, man. Yes, sir. Now, I mentioned that there were some moments where the Bears offense looked pretty capable out there, man. And like I said, it's like one drive they could just look like totally locked in, executing, you know, nice little prolonged drives. And those generally are the ones that lead to a touchdown. But then they have these really awful drives, right? You talked about the, the missed field goal. Well, that drive was pretty pathetic. We had to drive the end of the turnovers. The two picks. Obviously, that DJ Moore fumble. This offense, bro, I feel like under Justin Fields, they were kind of starting to find that identity. They were kind of trying to show people, hey, we're ready. We're here. But since Justin Fields has been down, especially these last few games, man, I'm like, man, wh where's the clutch gene with this offense? I'm not seeing it, Doug. That's just having that will of wanting to move the football, get downfield, and score. Mm -hmm. And put this team in a good position. And you're right. We just don't have that, man. It's like you think we have a chance to strike. 
and then we don't, right? Mm -hmm. You got that clutch gene, man. I, I got to give Justin Fields that credit because that kid got something in him. And I think we're missing that. And it's no one knock on Tyson Bajan. That's a lot of good things that we saw without the kid that we like, but it's just something else that Justin Fields bring that get the engine going, bro. Listen, man, it's nothing wrong with admitting that the QB1 gives this team a better chance to win ballgames. He's done what a backup quarterback should be able to do and show you some signs that he can get things done. I mean, look at the Vikings today. They trade for Joshua Dobbs after Kirk Cousins tears his Achilles. Josh Dobbs doesn't even start the game. He comes in cold after Jaron Hall, the starter, goes down. What does Josh Dobbs do, A-Dub? He leads the Vikings to a come-from-behind victory. Yep. That's what you want your backup quarterback to do. Ain't nobody trying to hear about no damn quarterback controversy. You just want a guy that can come in on the pitch and get it done. That's all I've been wanting Tyson to do. But then you have these announcers, Collinsworth, and even announcers today. They were getting all lathered up about Tyson. And I'm like, guys, can we stop it with the narratives? Just stop it. The guy committed four turnovers. <laughs> what are we doing? What are we talking about? We know what the flaws are when it comes to Justin Fields. We talked about that. And we also seen the growth in that kid as well. But there are just some people who just don't like Justin Fields' style. And I get it. I understand it. But guess what? It has worked for some players. I mean, look at Lamar Jackson. He's not out there throwing 340 yards. I mean, it looks different. He's running. He's doing everything. So it doesn't always got to look the way it has looked traditionally to be effective. And I like the fact that you talk about Tyson Bajan being a backup, bro, and coming in doing some things. But you're right. We miss Justin Fields. And this is a Justin Fields team. We need them to come back and do what he does. And I'm hoping for the kid. I'm pulling for both. But it's always good to have a backup, bro, who can come in and do some good things as well. Now, I want to get Tyson this props because he came out guns blazing in the first couple quarters of the game. Yep. Through, through two touchdowns, your boy Cole commit. And <laughs> – that second touchdown pass that Cole Kubit had, that shit right there, I was like, that's why you got $50 million. Those are the type of plays that you want your tight end number one to be making, bro. Ooh, we. I got to tell you, he ran some good routes. That catch he grabbed over one of the defenders, man, and it was like on the money, and I think he just took it and snatched it, man. I'm like, hey, Cole commit. This is what we want, baby. But see what the problem is, though, with this team. <clears throat> Luke Getty, we have a <laughs> lack of adjustments, A-Dub. Yeah. Now, we had some success there in the first half of the ball game, but then what happens? The Saints say, we're going to adjust to what you guys have done. The Saints defense turned it up a notch a bit, bro. And when they did that, Tyson Bajan completely vanished, bro. When that defense turned up the heat on him, that's when the turnovers came. He threw three picks and then fumbled the football. Where was the adjustments? Why do we get away from the running game? Dante Foreman had it going. We talked about that in the preview show. Hey, there's no reason why you don't let this guy just run the fucking rock. He was looking good out there, bro. But again, Luke Getty does not stick with the run. And honestly, he gets away from it so quickly. And I'm just like, what are you fucking doing? And to your point, Tyson Bajan may make a couple of great throws, bro. And then Lou Gessie would say, hey, we're going to just roll with them. No. What was working was a good balance of running the football effectively and then allowing 
Tyson Bajan to get some throws in there, bro. So I think Luke Getsy got to realize that, hey, Tyson Bajan is not going to be successful without the run game. Because the run game was, like you say, was cooking, man. Foreman had some good runs. I mean, yes, that 23-yard run he did, hey, it helped Tyson Bajan out a lot because now all the tension is on Foreman. Okay, mm -hmm. so now you can make a couple good throws, including that throw to commit. So that doesn't happen if the run game isn't effective. So this mm, is why I get at Lugetsi. Like, come on, man. You got to see what the formula is, man. How could you get away from that? I hope at some point he realized that, hey, this team goes when this football team is able to run the football effectively. See, this is the problem with Lugetsi, man. See, now he in there in that kitchen. Now, my grandma used to always say, <laughs> doing in this kitchen. You know how to cook? You don't know how to cook? Get your ass out this kitchen. Lou Getsy, get your ass out that kitchen, boy. I'm so sick and tired of him, man, now in that, in that kitchen, and he don't know what to do with the ingredients, bro. You had something that was working. You and I keep talking about this running game, man. This running game, bro, is efficient. The offensive line is blocking their asses off in the run game. Facts. So it's like you see that. You know you got a rookie quarterback, and you're not helping them. Oh, but then don't, don't even get me started on the broadcast. They're like, oh, yeah, our goal is to get Tyson Bajan on the go. We're going to get him on the move more. And I'm sitting here like, oh, so you're going to do that with the backup quarterback, but you ain't do that with the quarterback Well, we know that that's what he fucking does? Right. What are we fucking talking about? That's my thing. You got all these ingredients that we give you, and you don't know what the fuck to do with the groceries. He gets so caught up in his own ways, Perez. He gets so caught up with being a quarterback that want to pass the football. Well, guess what? It's not needed right now. Let's go with what's working and utilize that to do other things, man. And you're right, Perez. <laughs> you talk about the groceries, man. This man look at the groceries and decide to do what he want to do, man. And he got his own bag going on, and he's not paying attention to what's really happening, Perez. He's throwing in the salt, bro. He overdo it. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know how it is when you're cooking up things, you're putting in pepper, you're putting in too much, man. You got to chill out, Lou Getsy. Get a good balance, man. <laughs> it's going to piss off some of our listeners, but uh, Lou Getsy, he being typical because his food bland as fuck. I'm sitting up here <laughs> like, man, I, nobody wants this food, bro. What the season in that, bro? Come on now. That's my problem with him. <laughs> Have you ever had a steak? That doesn't have a taste to it. <laughs> That's the worst damn thing I had. Like, what the hell am I eating, though, man? What the hell am I eating, bro? And this is what Lou Gessie make me feel like, man, at times, bro. Like, what the hell are you calling, man? What is going on, bro? This don't flow well. This don't, this not right, bro. Uh, the last time that shit happened, I, I had to tell the person that made that. I was like, look, Rosa Parks did not sit for me to eat an unseasoned steak. I will never <laughs> do this again. <laughs> It's like you eat a rice cracker or something, bro. Oh, God. A rice cake, bro. This that has no flavor. Rice cake. <laughs> that has no flavor. You just summed up Lou Getsy in an analogy that I have not heard anyone else say, and it's 100% facts. 100% facts. <laughs> start calling him as, start calling his ass rice cakes. <laughs> so we got a new nickname. We can roll with that, friends, right? We good, right? Yeah, man, as long as you don't start doing that extra shit, man, because I don't want nobody in our mentions over there talking about some y'all did this because y'all talking about this man, whatever, I, that we don't talk about no more. So we we stick to rice cakes. I bet. I'm running with rice cake going forward, man. <laughs> <laughs>
Let's transition to the defensive side of the ball. Right the offense wasn't the only thing that was inconsistent. So you got to think about it. We had some good moments there. They forced a missed field goal. But it was just too many of those lapses in covering the Saints receivers. They didn't capitalize off of momentum late in the game. They surrendered that five-play, 47-yard scoring drive. That sealed our fate. Again, you and I talked about it in the preview pod. Taysom him. You know that this guy's a weapon. You know they're going to try to find clever ways to get the ball in his hands. Stop him. Down there in the goal line, you have him lined up at quarterback. He's going to do one of two things. He's probably going to set up to, to run that ball, power. Yep. Or he's going to throw something quick. How do you have a guy like this in the game and then you leave somebody uncovered? Johnson was wide open in the back of the end zone. I'm like, bro, <laughs> y'all just gave him that touchdown. How do you all miss somebody in the end zone and leave a guy that wide open? And that's why I got to look at the secondary and say, come on, you cannot fall for those tricks like that. got to be prepared and cover those receivers. This is one thing, man, is the Bears have pride themselves on stopping the run all season. They did a really good job of it again today. But guess what? The Saints, because of who they are, they made adjustments. And they realized this Bears secondary can't stop us. And they fucking diced us up. Carr had two touchdowns, and I mentioned the one from Taysom Hill. That's three touchdown passes that they had in this game. That's ball game. And the way you give it up, it does matter. And you give up at a time where you lose momentum, and then they gain it. And then what happens, they keep and hold on to it. And they start to make plays like that, Perez. And they get the passing game going and heal, making things happen, bro. That's when they're most effective. And it's hard to beat them that way. No, it really is. And then also, when you're beating yourself, I talked about earlier, the undisciplined play. 71 yards and fucking penalties, A-Dub. Mm. Again, how many times have we said we are not that good of a fucking football team to be turning over the football and to be committing turnovers? We did both. Even though you had a chance to tie it or even possibly win this game. Right. But if you having penalties and you giving up much like that to the Saints, it's going to be tough, man. And you cannot win a football game with turnovers and penalties, bro. When you leading like that, you in trouble. They're continuing to show you that when the tough gets going, when adversity comes in, they fold. That's what happened again today. And my thing is, when you got a coach that's in battle, like Maddie Berflus is, where's the pride? Man, you guys should be going out there and fucking giving it your all, and they're folding. Turnovers, penalties. Uninspired play. I mean, it's just it's, it's it's bad. It's bad. You waste the momentum of acquiring a big time piece and extending that piece. They should have been fired up going into this damn game. They should have, Prez. And I give them a little props from pay, playing better in the second half than they did in the first half. But you give up too much in the first half, and now you're trying to you know battle back because you had all the momentum you asked me for the Bears early on, and then you lose that, and you give it back to them. And when you start turning the football over, what that's going to do for the Saints, have them playing expired football, right? So this has all become a disaster for the Chicago Bears when they're not disciplined, like you keep talking about, man, because they got to be better than this, bro, down the road, and hopefully they can make a change. I don't know, man. This is the thing for me is I thought the offense got off to a really impressive start there in the first half, and I just don't know what the hell happened. We never made the adjustments. When you look at that fourth quarter, A-Dub, the Saints spent the entire quarter in Bears territory. 
Yeah. Now, I will say this. The Bears defense, for the most part, in that situation and scenario, they held up for the most part. They gave the offense opportunities to come back in this ballgame. Yeah. But again, what happened? <laughs> Offensively, our mistakes doomed us. That definitely was good, right? It was like they also was holding their own ground with forces and punts, right? So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, they try to give Tyson Bajan a chance. And what you find out with Tyson Bajan is that, hey, at the end of the day, he's still a rookie, bro, because he just wasn't ready, man. To take on that type of challenge, bro. And a lot of this loss kind of came to light. Like I said, first half Tyson was cool. Second half Tyson, it just it was a it was a mixed bag for him. So yep. that's just the way I see it. But let's uh let's switch the page here, man, before we get up out of here. Let's give out some game balls, man. Who's getting your game ball on offense, bruh? Game ball on offense. I'm going to get it to Cold World. Yo, guy, Cold Commit, friends. <laughs> <laughs> Those were some, some spectacular plays that he made out there, bro. And he was the safety net for Tyson Bajan, whether it's for check down or even when he was getting down the field, bro. And he made some good plays. And the old plays he made, bro, got us on the scoreboard. So got to give it to Cold Commit. I mean, I second that one. I mean, I'm going to give my game ball to somebody differently. But I just think that a big reason for that success from the offense early on was because of Cole. We talked about it in our preview show that Cole Komet and Tyson Bajan are starting to have a really good chemistry with one another, right? And he depends on him. And that's yep. clear with how much he targets him. I mean, like I said, man, that damn 18-yard touchdown, bro, that thing was a thing of beauty, man. And so, he <laughs> <laughs> did. I mean, I got, I got nothing, you know, to say against that because that right there is the reason why Ryan Poles locked up Cole Komet. And honestly, I know I want Jalen Johnson to get his paper, but shit, man, like, you're seeing Cole Komet starting to come into his own this season. And I can't wait to see what he do with a healthy Justin Fields back in the lineup, bro. I think that type of success can continue. I mean, you and I saw last season what happened, right? We saw that Cole Komet was starting to get some things going in the end zone, catching touchdowns then, bro. He had a nice little streak going on. So I can see Justin Fields and Cole Komet having success going forward. My offensive game ball, I'm giving it to the Rook, Darnell Wright. Surprisingly, the offensive line AW did a really good job, man, with opening holes in the running game and protecting Tyson. Now, one thing that I was looking at in this game was Tyson had a lot of time and looked like to throw the football. He did. Either no one was getting open or he just wasn't getting rid of the ball quick enough. He was taking sacks. He was forcing things. But he had time to throw out there. But anyway, my point by saying that was – I think almost all of the offensive line deserves some sort of credit today, A-Dub, for the performance that they had out there outside of Braxton Jones. <laughs> but Darnell Wright, bro, is not playing like a rookie. And what did I tell the audience before? I said he's playing at a Pro Bowl level. He's playing at such a high level that I feel like a lot of people are overlooking his play. We got to stop ignoring what we're seeing. I did some film breakdown from the last game when I was watching him, and I'm like, holy shit, this dude is good. He is fucking phenomenal. Now, I will say, he did make some mistakes out there. He had a couple holding penalties. But this kid is excellent at pass and run block. My God, man. This kid right here, great draft selection by Ryan Poles. And I agree with everything you shared about Darnell Wright. And the one thing I want to piggyback up on you on, bro, is around those penalties that he picked up. 
you can actually blame some of those on Tyson Bajent mm -hmm. because how he rolled out, you put Darnell Wright in a tough position, though. But one thing I can say about Darnell Wright, bro, I love the battles he was having out there with Cameron Jordan or, I mean, he put one of them dudes down on the ground. And I was like, okay, that's what I'm talking about, man. You're not going to let this dude get out there and get to your quarterback. So I just love how Darnell Wright is actually playing, bro. And you're right. He does not play like a rookie. This dude's sort of like a veteran out there, man. I'm telling you. And then when we talked about Dante Foreman and the success he's having, 82 yards on 20 carries. A byproduct of that is not only the offensive line, but your rookie making things happen out there, man. Just like the fact also I felt that Tyson Bajan had time to throw out there. So it's like, hey, we got to give these guys some props, man, because things are happening really nicely out there. All I got to say, the way the offensive line was out there balling, bro, do that for Justin Fields now. That's don't right. Leave, don't leave QB1 hanging. Y'all just show me that y'all can block pretty well and get done it for Tyson Bajan. Just give us Justin Fields that same gratitude. I just think you're starting to see guys healthy on that offensive line. Like you said, do it next week, too. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm glad this team now, offensive line, is starting to get healthy press because that does matter, man. Without those guys in the trenches battling like that, it makes it tough for your QB, as we already have seen. And now that we're starting to get some health there, that's important. So I'm hoping that Braxton Jones can continue to pick his game up right and get better than what he's shown us thus far and be effective on that O-line as well. All right, man. Defensively, I'm going to give my game ball to my boy Jack Sanborn. No <laughs> surprise there. You brought him up earlier in the show, A-Dub, with Tremaine Edmonds' sideline with that needed injury. Last season's undrafted rookie, Jack Sanborn. He reminded folks that forgot about him. Yep. He reminded folks that want to put respect on his name. Ten tackles on the game, and I just felt like he was everywhere, A-Dub. I was like, damn. <laughs> they was running the play. I'm like, here's 57 flashing. I've been talking about how inconsistent the tackling has been on this team this season. And this game here, nobody can say shit about tackling when Jack Sanborn was anywhere near a ball carry. And I'm like, man, Jack Sanborn's getting there pretty quickly. But that sideline, the sideline, hustle out of Sanborn, man, it's no joke, bro. The dude got good awareness. And I just like the way he played in this game, man. Jack Sanborn handled business, bro. I'm going to say something controversial here. It makes me wonder why Ryan Poles went out and got Tremaine Edmonds when you have this guy on your team. Mm. That's all I'm going to say. Ooh-wee. Enough said, damn it. <laughs> it makes you think about that because Sanborn, if he's doing things like this, friends, I'm like, hell, I wouldn't mind seeing him do this again. And you're right. Do we really need Edmonds? Do we really? Well, it's too late now because we got him. But I'm saying, did we need? Right. Did? <laughs> exactly. And the damage already done now. You don't spend that much. <laughs> you right, man. The money gone now, bro. The dude is solid. Yep. It's just one of those things. Who's getting yeah. your defensive game ball, bro? Hey, Jack Sanborn was doing his thing, Perez. But I'm also going to go with TJ Edwards, bro. There you go. TJ Edwards is right along out there with Jack Sanborn. Handling business, man. And I felt like TJ Edwards put some big hits out there. I mean, he laid some nice little wood on uh, car, man. I was like, okay. Yeah, he lit him up. <laughs> Absolutely. And you can see TJ Edwards, he was out there stopping the run as well, Perez. 
And he actually played a big factor, man. Even got pass deflections going on. So I like the way he played. He was there out there giving a great effort. And he, along with Zach Sanborn, was making it very tough for that offense for the Saints. Hey, man. I, I Listen, T.J. Edwards, man, been getting it done all season. So, I mean, hey, that signing right there, I, I thought that Ryan Poles, man, that was an unheralded signing. He did a phenomenal job with that one. And I like the way him and, and, and Jack Sanborn play together. I mean, they, they look good there in that linebacker tandem. So, yeah. They really do. They really do, man. And I I just love it, man, how they both play in this game here. I just want to see that continue to carry on, Perez, and carry over. You're right. TJ Everett's been phenomenal all season. So, I mean, you don't expect anything less out of him going forward. All right, man. Who is your bear down, your underperformer for week nine? Tyson Bajan is my underperformer for week nine. Now, I know people are like, why are you picking on a rookie, Doug? Why are you picking on a rookie? He's <laughs> a backup quarterback. But when you have that many turnovers, <laughs> you are my underperformer. I don't care how many yards you throw for, how many touchdowns you have. But that many interceptions, you got a fumble lost out there, you've done too much damage to hurt the team. And that's on you as the quarterback. You stop the momentum, we had some opportunities out there, and because of your mistakes, it really hurt the team. Yeah, and think about it like this. I talked about it earlier, the turnover differential, man. That's the difference between winning it and losing the football games. And guess what? If we were to protect the football, we probably would have won this game against the Saints. We gave this fucking game away, and a big part of that was the play of Tyson Bajan. So I can understand why he was your bear down. It's the New Orleans Saints, A-W, they didn't turn over the ball one single time. Mm. <laughs> so, <laughs> like I said, you play to win the game. I said it last week. Well, in this situation, man, we threw this sucker away. And the one thing you mentioned earlier, Perez, that just resonated with me is the fact that Tyson Bajan had some time in the pocket. And uh -huh. during those times, bro, he still made mistakes. That's on him. But I will say this, man. I blame it on Luke Getze as well because Tyson Bajan has shown you what he is. He's a game manager. That's when he's at his best. In the first half of the game, he looked good when you had him being a game manager. When Luke Getze was sitting here trying to force him to be something he's not, that's when the mistakes started happening, right? <laughs> that's when he started getting careless with the football. So, honestly, I put that a little bit of that on Luke Getze as well. You got to, like, let these guys do what they do best. You sit over here calling this game plan, trying to get him to open the shit up. But then with Justin <laughs> Fields in the game, we ain't opening up nothing. Justin Fields had to open his mouth at the podium for you to do right. And now you sit over here trying to do this shit for the backup when we know he can't operate the offense that way? Come on, man. So, A.W., I agree he was the bear down. But I'm like, shit, man, Luke Getsy was complicit in that. Luke Getsy, a.k.a. Rice Cake? He got to be better than that, man. There's no way you leave Tyson Bajan hanging like that. So you are responsible, Luke Getze, of the way Tyson Bajan struggled in that second half. So you got to call him out for that, Perez. You're spot on. Man, my bear down, I'm giving it to that entire defensive line. <laughs> now, I talked about it before. You've got the $100 million man here now. And I'm thinking, okay, not that we were going to all of a sudden start, like, sacking a quarterback like crazy, but I thought we would get one sack. Derek Carr just sat there in that pocket, clean pockets, chilling. Didn't get sacked one time. We talk about Derek Carr. It's not like we're going up against Lamar Jackson. 
when he's elusive. No, Derek Carr was just in the pocket. He didn't have a care of the world. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and say that the Montez sweat move wasn't necessary or that it's not going to work out because I'm sure that he has some flashes out there. But again, as a whole, <laughs> we continue to see this pass rush showing you who it is. This pass rush has to be better, Chris. You're right. And part of it being better that you and I keep talking about is getting pressure on the quarterback. You got to get some sacks. You got to get some results, man. And that line is not really getting results. They got to be better than that. I thought they would have gotten some sacks on Car Perez, but that was the most unfortunate thing of the game. Now, we haven't talked about one guy in a while on this show. Now, the bank is still closed. Just going to put that out there. <laughs> but your boy Money Moon, he outperformed DJ Moore today. I mean, DJ Moore was targeted, had some decent yards, but DJ Moore turned over the football, as you mentioned earlier in the show. But your boy Money Moon, man, he showed some playmaking out there. He had that pass catch, and he turned up the field. Well, he had almost, what, 85 yards, I think. Uh, I, yeah, about 85 yards receiving today, Dub. That's got to make you feel good as the president of the Darnell Mooney fan club. Yeah, I feel pretty good, Prez. But the thing is, it was just good to see him have some success like that, you know? And I'm hoping that he can continue to put some things together. But what I'm also looking for him to do, Prez, is to get in the end zone, man. He got to make those type of impact plays as well. And he hasn't really done that this season. Well, but hey, I just wanted to give him a little bit of kudos there because, you know, I don't want the audience to be thinking like, man, Prez, you know what I'm saying? Be, <laughs> be hating no money, Moon. No, yeah, I don't. And and guess what? When, when he come correct and... 82 yards on, what, uh, five catches? Hey, I yep. love that. I love what he did, you know what I'm saying, after the catch on that one play, right? That big play can energize your offense, right? And we need to see more plays like that because, obviously, with the defenses targeting DJ Moore, we need Darnell Mooney to continue to make plays. Absolutely. And it just can't be Cole Komet who's being effective we need that other wide receiver in Darnell Mooney to be effective for us. And when you get your name called, you got to take care of business. And the thing is, Tyson Bajin or Justin Fields are not going to abandon you. So if you are open, you get the separation. They're going to target you, man. So I'm hoping Darnell Mooney can use this game as a vehicle to have some success going forward because the Bears are going to need them because you know that DJ Moore will be on everyone's radar, on everyone's scouting report. So you got to be the other wide receiver to bail them out. Well, audience, we are on to the Carolina Panthers. They're going to come in here to Soldier Field so we get to see our first up-close look at Bryce Young. So we'll have you guys all prepared and set up for a preview pod here. Probably Wednesday we'll drop that. So the Bears, they're going to have to shake this loss off real quick, eh, Dub? We ain't got time to be freaking uh, holding on to this one. But I'm hopeful that Justin Fields is back there on Thursday night. We need it, man. We need We need some good vibes. We need Justin to play like he did against the Commanders. That's the that's the type of game that I'm looking forward to seeing on Thursday night. And, and, and I'm hoping that Justin is ready. I hope that thumb is to a point where he can grip the football and he's ready to go. I can see that offense getting some good things going, bro. So I do hope Justin Fields is ready. Yes, sir. Well, audience, <laughs> we appreciate you guys and your continued support of the platform and for helping make us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. We're going to holler at you guys a little bit later in the week, but for now, we are out.